friends, it's us. I am Steph Beagle. And I am Lauren Abney. And this is Well Behaved. We believe balance is a bit overplayed and way overrated. We've embraced finding our perfect blend of wellness with a twist of tequila. This podcast delivers wellness remixed from face slapping facials to the ABCs of CBD. Living your best life and finding what's right for you is what it's all about. Let's do this. When the listeners ask, we listen. We do. We listen. Uh, this episode is with Case Kenny, and he. we've had quite a bit of content around dating and mindfulness, and now we get it from a male perspective. What I love is that Case is not a guru. He is a dude bro guy, self-claimed, so I can use those words, but he really is a master of words. He is the slayer of inspiration and ultimately focuses on mindfulness and bringing that to all elements of your life. But we really focus on dating in this one. Totally. I love that we kind of unpacked all of these different stigmas about dating, breakups, how to date, you know, first dates, all of those fun things. But I think also, you know, as a single human for a very long time, talking about some of those questions you get, like, why are you single? You know, I thought you were a catch. You know, those are things that we all have had happen to us at some point of time. So I really love the way he's just so approachable and it's not this like woo woo. It's just real. And I found like everything he said, you and I both remember, he would just like talk and we would just like smile and listen. We're like, yes, lots of nodding. Master of words. Master of words. And I think, you know, everything he does from his mindfulness journal to remixing, you know, meditation with some of our favorite DJs, like he's special. And I think our friends will think he's special too. So... Friends, we have the one, the only Case Kenny here today. We've known Case for a long time, but Case is doing a lot of really cool shit. So we brought him on because we're we want to hear about all of it. You are a you are many things, but you are a Chicago-based writer, podcaster, recording artist. That's really cool. And you have this new mindset journal, which we'll dig into. You launched the new mindset who dis podcast. It just sounds funny when I say it. Like it's so not. It, like, funny when it I was say like it we too. needed yeah. a little break. Like <laughs> new mindset who, who dis? dis. I already in my head Question knew mark. that. I was already like laughing at how awkward I was going to be saying it. Well, because you talk too fast, so it was basically like new mindset who dis. <laughs> new yeah, mindset. It's all one word. New mindset. Pause. <laughs> who dis? We had a baby. It's a boy. Which <laughs> wow. 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 What wow. a reference. Okay. Yeah. That's, oh, a, that's a are, '90s reference. Are you done? Um, which quickly <laughs> rose to the top of all lists, right? Not just one or two, but like all the damn lists. The coolest part, I think, is that your passion for growth and introspection grew in 2020 with the release of his music and mindfulness DJ collaborations, which like those words all together just bring me a lot of joy. I got to admit, like, I'm going to dig in like as soon as humanly possible into all of those because you are working with some of the coolest artists. Clearly, you like house music. That's all I like. Okay, yeah, cool. it's, it's annoying that way. That's fine. But he's worked <laughs> with Griffin, Cash Cash, Sam Felt. Maybe even Kygo, who <laughs> possibly Lauren dream. and I just dream about, <laughs> and we want to see him in every. Con- we want to be groupies for Kygo, but we can talk about that later. Just zoom us into your guys' little. I'm, I'm working on it. I'm, yeah. I'm, Perfect. Yeah. yeah, just bring us. We just wellness. There has to be some need for Kygo. Oh wellness. wow, I think there's going to be a Lala connection. Let's just manifest. He is Ma- playing. He's here this year. Yeah. Well, we know, yeah. and you're the end. Yeah. Let's <laughs> manifest that into the universe. Well, this journal that we need and that you all need is a reflection of your belief that to be happy and fulfilled in life, one shouldn't strive to be perfect. Rather, they should strive to be whole, which I totally love. 
It's a relationship workbook, and it's a reflection of the need to find your soul before you can find your soulmate. Net-net, he is our go-to for all things mindset, relationships. We are here for all of it, and we just are, are glad that you're here with us in person today. Yeah, I, this is amazing. Thank you. Yeah, I haven't I haven't done many in person things, obviously COVID related, but also just like Chicago. It's like totally, you know, elsewhere maybe when I'm there, but like it's not a whole lot of this in Chicago. So well, welcome to the podcast. This is great. Yeah. We got a great vibe in here too. Great so vibe. This is like a podcast room. Cool. We don't have tequila, which normally we would have, but it's okay. <laughs> it's available. It's available. That's fine. We're not going to pause. Break the podcast. in case of emergency, we can totally. Crack we into know that it. if this goes poorly, there's there's um, yeah, we have something tequila. to fall back on. Yeah. So case. Where do we even begin? I just literally listed off 87 different things. But one thing that I love is that you refer to yourself as dude bro guy. But I also don't think all men are as introspective as you. So we want to understand, like, how did you find your calling? How did you get started? Yeah. So I call myself that, like, specifically. I know it's, like, cheesy. And, like, like a lot of times it probably works to my detriment. People are like, why would I listen to a dude bro guy if I'm looking for serious mindfulness or life advice? So I sometimes... But I, like, really lean into that because... I think about the self-development space and it's very crowded. There's a ton of people in it. And I think about like what works and what doesn't, where we're at in this day and age. And I think people relate to relatability. I, I genuinely think the day and age of like the expert, the coach is kind of on its way out. I think there's many people who of course do it right. But I think about the places and the people that I get the most value from. It's everyday people. It's normal people who have great perspective or great ways of breaking things down. And I really lean into that. So when I was setting out to start the podcast and answer your question is I started it kind of as a challenge to myself uh, near the end of 2018. I just gotten out of a long relationship. I was also working very hard at the former company where I worked. And I was like, who, who was case? Like I, I was kind of like frustrated with myself because I felt like I was just like going through the motions. Um, so I was like, I, I'm going to start a podcast. Every white man's next step, it seems in life. So I'm going to start a podcast. Uh, and I did. Um, and I did get lucky, I would say it kind of blew up from there. But I was like, I'm just going to hop on this podcast and talk about the way that I see things and challenge myself to talk through these things. And, um, you know, I, I always joke that like when I was rolled off the human assembly line, I, they check marked optimist. That's just like the way I see life. It's just like hardwired in me. Like if there's an upside, if there's a silver lining, I will find it. And I think, you know, talking through the topics that I talk about, whether it's, you know, just general living and passion or, you know, relationships, I look at it through that lens and I think people gravitate towards it. And then I just kept kind of pulling on that thread and, and started doing a lot of relationship content, which is the funniest thing in the world to me that I actually do that. <laughs> and like, so I, to, to answer, answer your question, I feel like I'm still like leaning into and figuring out where it goes next. But, you know, I think I've discovered that I have a, a very specific talent. Like you won't find that on any list. I think a lot of times in life we think a talent is you're a great swimmer or mm. artist. Goes on a resume. Yeah, yeah exactly. And way down maybe at the bottom is a list is a talent called simplifying things and i think i'm great at simplifying emotions both because i've been doing it my entire life in a way that i think is healthy i think there's an unhealthy way to simplify emotions um but I, that's just the way i look at things and that's i share that in different ways and i do it with quotes and music and the podcast so cool. and books and yeah it's been i think it's, it's been cool what i love is that you i mean it, it sounds selfish but you started it you started off doing it for you which i think is probably why it's also wildly yeah. authentic yeah. and like they always say like the best business ideas like solve something that you obviously like feel too right being an obstacle or a barrier. Yeah. A I mean, the whole, the whole thing is always about me. It still yeah. is a little bit, <laughs> if I'm being honest. Like, 
I, I also joke that the podcast is like my form of therapy because sure. I do it twice a week. I am writing and thinking about feelings 24 seven. So like right. literally like through that process, there's no way that you're not going to get to know yourself better. For sure. And then the, like the journal, like I, I was like, I want to be a journaler. And I went out and bought a dozen journals and I just didn't like them. So I was like, I'll create my own. Same same vibe. Yeah, it's so, so easy. Great. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> it's so super easy. simple. I made no mistakes. <laughs> well, if you say you came off the assembly line and and don't have anything on those resumes, neither do we. You know what I mean? Like yeah. we didn't go to college to be doctors or lawyers or have these tangible skills, but ultimately you're you've crafted and curated this practice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now you can share it with people and you can make it simple. And something as easy as a journal is like that tangible step that somebody can take. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I try to keep things simple, both what I do and like a business. Like I remember even before I created the journal, I was like, I, I, there's no way when I was working at this company, I was like, there's no way I could do this for a living. How would I do that? I was like, oh, I could be an influencer and do sponsorships. And I was like, I don't want to do that. But then I was like, well, I could create a journal. But then I was like, there's a million journals. Why would anyone want my journal? And that was like such a limiting belief in my life. And then I remember I was talking to my buddy who's a CEO at a large media company. And he was like, you should create a journal. And for some reason, when he said it, I was like, okay, yeah. I'll do it. What a genius and then, idea. And yeah. Then I, yeah, but I, I had been being like, I had just got in my own way. And I was like, oh, fine, I'll just do it. And it's like. Right, you know, I just you. it reinforce it reinforces the fact that I think you could do anything in 2022 and you could do it even if a million other people have already done it before. So like yeah. that kind of energizes me. We love that mantra that there's, there's space for everyone. for everyone. Yeah, absolutely. The amount of times <laughs> that we're like, oh, we really wanted to do this, but like someone else did it. It's like, cool. Someone else did yeah. it. Like, I'll do it different. I'll go do, do it better. It. Yeah. Or whatever. Or, do or, it. or right. proven model. Yeah. Right. Okay, so I like that Beegs mentioned that you talk about the mindset of being whole instead of mm. perfect. Mm. So how do you practice that? And is there there's something along the line with radical honesty with yourself that you talk to? Yeah, so there's a lot there. Um, I could it's talk simple. for hours about, mm-hmm. about these yep, topics. Just one skull for as long as we're here. I'll, I'll, I'll summarize like my premise of things. And I spent a lot of time writing and thinking. So like I have this weird relationship with words. Um, I love words, uh, but so I hate. So does she. So do I. Yeah, words are great. Words are great. It's fantastic. There's like long, long, short. It's great. Yep. I <laughs> really, I don't like adjectives, and there and there's a reason behind that. Um, you know, sometimes I like adjectives, sometimes I don't. But I like verbs, and the reason is like I think about I, I think about mindfulness. I think about what mindfulness is. I think about how we describe ourselves with words, and I think about the goals we set for ourselves. And most people approach their life in a form of something similar to, I want to be happy, or in the immediate, I want to be confident, I want to be fulfilled, I want to be successful, right? Those are all great things. I think those are great goals. But what I found a lot of the times when life becomes life, which is naturally up and down and filled with disappointment and left and right and all these things, we really get in our heads about it because we're not always happy, we're not always confident, we're not always successful. When that happens, we do the very human thing of blaming ourselves, doubting ourselves, labeling ourselves with not so great adjectives. So what I love to do and like the focus of my mindfulness and my journals is proving to myself and listeners and everyone about what we do, the verbs that we have. So I do this like whole exercise, for instance, where it's I, I do these like seminars where it's, it's called I'm the kind of person who and instead of describing ourselves like I want to be happy, we replace it with I'm the kind of person who does X, Y, Z. And I just like re positioning worth because it's very easy to convince ourselves that we're not worthy of something because we're not that adjective because inevitably we're not going to be right but we could always remind ourselves of the verbs like why do you deserve honesty in a relationship 
the easiest, simplest answer is because you are honest. It's a verb and reciprocity means you get that verb in return. The same with any kindness, empathy, whatever adjective it is, you, you look at the verbs that you're, you're doing in your life. And that's an easy way that I have found just to like prove your worth to our, yourself in a world where it's very easy to doubt it because we're so attached to labels like happy. And when you're not happy, you start to think, well, maybe I don't deserve to be happy. But if we can just quickly practice radical honesty, we're like, wait a minute. I, okay, I'm not happy right now, but here's all the things I'm doing. And I believe in the inherent return of those things to me. I'm good. I'm just having a day. It's like that kind of sight. Like that's how I think about everything. So, uh, I think verbs. I hate adjectives too. I used to love oh, them, so but it's good. so forget it's, about them. It's so forget true. Forget about those adjectives. They're, they're and done. they're so, yeah. so definitive to your point. It's like, you're either happy or you're not. And then if you're not, then you're just like climbing well, That's a up whole other up. thing too. We think very binary and it, as humans, like we're happy or not. Why can't we just be in between? Totally. Or like the, the greatest example I always think about is like, we want all these things, right? We want the relationship, the success, the, the house, the body. Okay, simple, simple things. <laughs> and we assume that to be happy means we have all those things at once. Mm -hmm. But the reality is you likely won't have them all at once, but you can definitely have them all. And we need to appreciate them each as they come. And that is an introduction of some kind of happiness in our life instead of coupling them all together to this like culmination moment, which is likely not going to happen. And we need to adjust our expectations for ourselves. Right. That's the expectation of perfection to have all of yeah. those things at one time. Could the, could the verb versus adjective also be almost a catalyst for action? So if you wanted to change something about yourself, you know, right now you're talking to values and you show up in values in these verby ways. But could you also say, I do want to change something or I do have goals and aspirations. I'm going to do these things. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, like my whole take on mindfulness and self-help is very gentle. I'm like, very, I'm like, hey, it's OK. You're good. But I respond very well to like, like, hey, if you want something, but you're not doing it, how do you expect the results? So like I respond really well to that. And I try to reinforce that. But I do this whole bit on the podcast of like bringing your milkshake to the yard in that like if you want someone like who does, who's who honest. Who dis? Yeah, I, I try to drop cool, cool oh, question for mark sure, for uh, sure. cultural references in my in myself. Keep it interesting. Um, but if you like if in a partner you want, you know, intention, honesty and these things like let's be real ourselves. You'd be a little remiss if you yourself didn't bring that to the table or something as a replacement or something equal or some kind of equivalent, like action begets action. Same mm -hmm. with like relationships. Like, you know, we, people all the time are like, well, I just can't find an intentional guy. I can't do this. Can't do that. It's like, I very much believe in law of attraction and manifestation and things like that. But if you yourself are intentional, I really do believe that intentional people attract intentional people. But again, that's, that's, what, is that an adjective? It's, you are being intentional. That is a verb. You're, a ver you're <laughs> yeah. verbing your way to an outcome totally. by attracting it. So, yeah, I mean, I think you could fire yourself up. And if you have some outcome that's on the other side of a verb, then do the verb and you get the adjective. I've never talked this much about it. About do verbs. The yeah. verbs. Yeah. What a rush. Yeah. Do the verbs. Do the verbs. Yeah. I love it. Okay. So, case is here and we could talk like for, verbs. we could talk verbs for hours, mm -hmm. but we'll admit that. This podcast is for everyone, but we don't have like a ton of male energy on this podcast. So you're here mm. and we want to just start in the most simple of fashions. What do men want? <laughs> well, wow. Well, <laughs> I'm uh, laughing at my okay, own. 90 yeah. sitcom. Yeah, right. Yeah. 
Well, it's it's a great question. It's kind of a loaded question. And like I so I am very aware that like most of my audience is women. So I speak to women like my analytics are like 90 percent women or whatever. So like really? Yeah. Yeah. Could, it's, it's, yeah. yeah. So all it. my content, like I try to obviously speak to who can get value and a lot of it, it's women. So I try to approach it as here's likely your problem. Here's my approach as a guy to help you with that. Um, I did do an episode recently called What Men Want, and that was mostly that was for men, but also for women. And a lot of it was about toxic masculinity, which I'm not a huge fan of like labels and like, oh, it's it's easily this box or it's not. But, you know, I think there's a lot of, you know, cultural pressure on men to be a certain way that's netting the result, namely that men don't share, men aren't sensitive, men aren't vulnerable, men don't lean on each other, men don't go to therapy, all these kinds of things. And I think a lot of that does come from conditioning and conditioning begets all kinds of, um, you know, expected things, but I found that women are more attuned to question their conditioning. When they feel a certain way, they lean into it, they talk, they go to therapy, they do these things. Men do not for a variety of reasons, but my whole answer to what the men want is, is pretty cheesy, but um, it's men want to be understood a little bit more. Um, and, you know, there's, there's a whole line, you know, in, in, you know, conversation like that, that you'd have to unpack about accountability and this and that. But like a lot of times, like men don't feel comfortable to do certain things. There's a lot of pressure on men to be good with women. There's a lot of pressure on men to handle rejection, like a champ, like men are supposed to be rejected. You're supposed to go up to a woman, she say no, and then you're supposed to go and live your life. But men are humans and that like adds up over time. And what does what does rejection without some kind of catharsis and healing do where it builds up in time and then you have these men acting poorly. So yeah, it's like, it's pretty easy to like trace behaviors I feel. Um, but I think deep down inside, not to pity party men or anything like that, cause there needs to be more accountability. Men want to be understood in that way. The conditioning that is social, societal, parental and self, but that's what it comes down to. We love emotionally intelligent men and sensitive men. And we have like just this supreme respect for men that we come across like you who have taken time to unpack their heads and like, yeah. There's like nothing sexier to us. We're like, you want to talk more? Oh my <laughs> God. It's like, wow. yeah. yeah. It's getting hot in here. <laughs> we are just, it, 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 we're so into it. And so I, I wonder if it's another scenario where if a man puts out his intention, the, that he wants to find more people that are willing to listen to him, be evolutionary for him, for yeah. to just find, you know, to give him the space that he might also start connecting with women that look for that as an attribute. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely like a trickle momentum effect, certainly. And, you know, the the Internet is obviously and every woman has their horror stories, which is an unfortunate reality through my life and observations, doing this for a living, the men that I hang out with, like I do think there there is a shift. I think conversations around mental health and therapy are uh, accelerating rapidly, which is fantastic. I think about my friends, like my guy friends. We're all dude dudes, like like they're like we're manly men. I don't know, we're dude dudes. Like it's like sports steak and you know, whatever man stuff. <laughs> we, all, we all say, I love you to each other. My buddy the other day, I woke up to a text room and is terribly cheesy, but he was like, yo dude, I'm journaling the most hot fire right now, which is like really cringy. Please don't say hot fire. But then he like screenshotted me, like all his like morning journal thoughts is like, I can't be the only one who has friends like that. Absolutely cannot. So I think 
the more sharing of that publicly, we're going to progress in that direction. I think, you know, I'm lucky to have like a decent sized social media following, for instance, and it's all women who always share that stuff. We need to get to the point where men share that stuff. And I think that type of conversation will follow quickly. But I think we're trending in the right direction. And like, I love seeing like the conversation around therapy and mental health online. It's like become cool. It seems like you have four types of relationships that you speak to. And we want the outline of that because I only know of good and bad. Yeah, right. It's like good, bad, go dead, boring, old. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, what are Lauren's different types yeah, of relationships? Yours. Yeah. Unpack those. Mm-hmm. yeah. We want to know yours. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I did do an episode a while back. It's funny. I had to like look it up because I like yeah, I live giving titles to little things. But I remember doing this episode and, you know, thinking about it's kind of it, like a lot of things I look at are like linear, like on a timeline. Like a lot of the, the I gave it four. I'm sure there's more. I just tried to like simplify. There's all kinds. Of, if you go to thought catalog, there's the three types, the 12 For types. Sure. Like everyone the has, love languages that uh, I love. The attachment love. styles. That, like I love it. I love everyone's take on things. So I figured I would wade into that water and give my take. Um, so the the first one that I came up with is I called it the is it is what it is love. And I think this is a very common relationship, particularly like in your 20s. It's a relationship built from comfort. It's a aversion to being single and alone. We get in a relationship just so we have someone. And, you know, I think that's fine, honestly, when you're young, because you you can learn through that that process. Mm-hmm. But I think the value from a relationship like that is hopefully it teaches you that um, the reason to be in a relationship is to not be alone. That's not a good enough reason. Like I do this whole bit, half of my, my Singles are Superpower book is about why. Like, why are you dating in the first place? If you don't have a why that's beyond, I don't want to be alone. I want to start a family. Um, it's what you do. I, I feel like you're kind of setting yourself up for some frustration. So that's the first type of relationship. It is what it is. It's based on comfort. Um, you know, you're not necessarily lowering your standard, but you know that, you know, you're not trying that hard because you just don't want to be alone. I want a parking lot and dig deeper to the why, but yes. let's, let's I just yeah. put yeah. it on this let's side. Yeah. Yeah. That, I'm like, okay, what are you saying? I want to go back to the why. That's my favorite topic. Okay, cool. We'll talk yeah. about that. Talk After about, talk about okay. words. That's It'll my be favorite next. word. Cool. Um, so that's the first one. The second one, I'm looking at what I wrote before, and I can't believe I called it this. I read some crazy things. I called this the all gas, no brakes love, <laughs> uh, a, a, an analogy for putting gas in a car. Um, basically, the idea that it's one of those relationships where you really want it to reach the next level, but it doesn't. Um, be it a timeline, be it right person, wrong time kind of vibes, be it forced connection, whatever it is. Um, I feel like we've all been in those relationships where we get into it, we're like, we pour gas into it, this is going to be great. And then it just runs out and it never gets to its point. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically, the takeaway from that, of course, is that you can't force something, you can't force relationship, you can't force potential. Ultimately, what matters most in a relationship is the present. You know, you should obviously build for the future. But if you're not happy in the present and you're hoping that the future marriage, house, baby kids, whatever it is, fixes your problem, very unlikely. So that's yeah, that was. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely so, does not. <laughs> that's that was the second one. Third one I called the game changer, um, which I think is just a reference to like the one relationship that kind of honestly just breaks you. It like teaches you the like most valuable lesson uh, of, of your life and ultimately shows you why you need to have a higher standard. It gives you like the ultimate standard standard, whatever it may be. And I, I think everyone has a specific experience that speaks to that in some way, whatever the degree of hurt it is. Um, but I feel like everyone has a relationship like that, that like they thought it was it. And then they found out in a big, hurtful, disappointing, surprising way, maybe that it wasn't. But the power of that, of course, is it gives you this ultimate Perspective, standard, yeah. ultimate perspective. 
And then the last one, of course, is the one. I called it the chosen one. Some Matrix Neo references there. Um, yeah, I think this is the this is the one where nothing is forced. The the standard is met. There are all the things that go into a relationship. I do a ton of episodes on like what what I think against all theoretical, I suppose, but what I think is the most important aspect of a relationship being understood, empathy, a willingness to be uncomfortable, a willingness for someone to, I, I did a bit the other week. I always call them bits. I act like I'm yeah, doing comedy do. routine. I was like, what's a bit? Bit. Bit. Yeah, yeah, What's the deal with lampshades? Yeah. A bit is cooler. Well, I love cool. it. Yeah, I did what's a little bit. What's the deal with lampshades? That was, that was my Jerry Seinfeld <laughs> reference. Lauren uh, like that. Bit. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but I did a, a, a you piece. Did a little, I did, I did a, a little crumble. I did a little, a little nibble of a perspective <laughs> on, uh, on uh, discomfort because I think uh, t- talking about men, for instance, like men do this thing where anytime that something is uncomfortable, um, they see it as a sign that they should back off. But I think everyone sees discomfort as a sign that, but an intentional self-aware person then digs into it and understands why. And then they arrive at conclusions like, oh, conditioning, attachment styles, whatever it may be. Find a lot of men don't do that. Mm. And that leads to a lot of men, uh, hot, then cold, breadcrumbing, things like that. Um, and, I, and I add that just because- Parking I think, lot, parking lot, parking lot. I wanted to go there, all, all those breadcrumb. things. Breadcrumb, yep. I, I just add that as like, I think a key component of a successful long-term relationship is a willingness to be uncomfortable, be that in, you know, a. a you know, I was single uh, 29 to 33. That's a long time to be single. Breaking out of that was very uncomfortable because that's routine, that's habit, that's right. mentality. Like We but- always talk about how both grateful for and also like just like the longer you're single, like I know what I want more, but it's all of that, all of those years, 37 years of doing things yeah. the way that I did things. I mean, yes, had yeah. relationships, whatever it is, but to your point, it's like breaking that or just like refining what that looks like in a relationship. It's really well, you have hard. to welcome somebody yeah. into the life that you've already built for yourself. And then you create what is your new life together and what pieces of you maintain the same. So I think it's interesting to think of the it is what it is relationship because I feel like that's 20s, but that also could be like long-term relationships where for you've sure. just accepted sure. what yeah. it is. That's and like people point. aren't working towards it. And they're just as this stagnant type of while we're in this versus when you enter a relationship, I think as an adult. So like in your thirties, or if you're open and involved human, you realize how much fucking work it is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's a great point. Yeah. Probably if you think about it, like probably the most common type of like ultimately failing relationship probably is that type of relationship. That's just comfortable. And you're like, well, why would I stop? It's comfortable. Like, I don't I don't think it's going to go where I need it to go, but it's comfortable. I don't want to be alone. I don't want to do this. Yeah. And a component of breaking out of that would be to, you know, start over, which is a whole other topic I love to talk about. Starting yeah. over. Okay, let's go. I'm like wildly excited to talk about this, the why. So give us, I, I mean, I know what it is, but why is it so important? And what is what does it look like in a relationship and Etc. Yeah, I think I would approach it first from a mindfulness perspective. Like all mindfulness is, I used to think mindfulness was this esoteric thing where you needed all these crystals and robes and lotions and the Himalayas and silent retreats and all that. these things. Yeah, we that's like par- we like that too. That's a part of it. <laughs> Absolutely, I never hate on anyone's you know sound bath, whatever they need to do to get in the right headspace. What I found all mindfulness is is honesty. But what is self honesty? Because you could be honest 
with yourself when things are great and the sun is out, but what does it mean to be honest with yourself when things aren't great? Uh, the answer is asking yourself why as often as you can practically and then answering it in any given moment. Why am I feeling anxious? Why am I dating this person? Why do I have this goal? Whatever it may be. That's all practically mindfulness is. And I think about dating mindfully. If you don't have a why for why you're dating, I, you think you're you're literally setting yourself up for frustration. Like I, I say that all the time. Like, well, why do you why are you dating? And people are like, well, it's, you know, I'm getting that age and I need to do these things. And I know I don't think that's a terrible answer. I think it's natural. Of course, we are humans. We're so, I, ultimately, I suppose you're supposed to pair off and, and do these things. But I found when it comes to intention and dating, you almost need to have something a little bit self-serving. Because otherwise, then you do this thing where you date people you don't really like because you like the attention. We fall into the pitfalls of being human. But if you approach dating in the form of I need someone who, you know, whatever, makes me a better person or I need someone who challenges me, like you've really honed into like what a relationship will give you. I find that you're then much less willing to do all the pitfalls of relationshiping, namely chasing someone, trying to convince someone, staying in a comfortable relationship, whatever it may be, because you're aligned with why. There's overlap between why you're dating and what you're looking for. But ultimately, it's like the act of dating. Why are you on a Thursday going on a date? I've talked to a lot of women and their and their answer literally is, you know, I'm, I'm getting old. Like, I need to do this. Like, I need to get my numbers up. Like, I'm going on four dates a week. And, I, you know, I think deep down they have an answer. But I think bringing that to, like, the mm -hmm. forefront will serve them much more because that's bringing your intention to life and then the whole intention begets intention thing. But um, ultimately, it's just giving yourself like a really specific, like specific why. Which could be used in so many parts of life. Mm -hmm. Why do you have yeah. this job? Yeah. Why do you live in this city? That's why is that person your best friend? Yeah. You know, and they make you, yeah. this you is can... not us because I love her. <laughs> yeah, I was like, well, <laughs> um, why am I doing do this you, podcast? Do you suggest to people that they share their, what once in a relationship that they share their whys with Ooh, one good another? question. Thanks, babe. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I do this whole uh, topic. A bit. You do it. It's a bit. Okay? It's a, <laughs> let me live my life. Okay. It's a bit. Uh, I do. Yeah. I, I talk a lot about like what you should say on a first date. And it kind of is surfacing that quickly. Like, Give it to us. Because I'm sure so there's so I, many people I, that I, want. I, my answer is super obvious, but no one does it because we're afraid of coming off as thirsty, cliche, eager. I think there's two questions you should ask on a first date. And I, I always ask them. And I'm the guy. Because it's if you're on a date with someone and you don't know why they're they're there, it's the weirdest thing in the world to me. Like, why? Why are you going to play a guessing game with someone? So the first question is, why are you? What are you looking for? What are you looking for? Literally that. And then that can then it gets a little tricky because anyone can say anything. Oh, I'm looking. You know, I'm seeing where things go, or you know, right. I'm, I'm thinking about dating. Be whatever. Ready for what so I mean. always encourage people to ask a follow up question: is which is well, what does that look like? And and again, this is super casual. This is over drinks casual. Right, you're, you don't sit down <laughs> interrogation, and you're like, why are you here? <laughs> but I, even the first question of what are you looking for? I feel like a lot of women in particular think that that makes them come off as intense. But I'm telling you from my perspective, I was the guy and I always used to ask that question super casually because why are you two there? Anyway, there's that question. And then whatever the response is, I encourage that. Well, what does that look like? Because a lot of times you might get, let's say, a guy who says, yeah, you know, it's, uh, you know, I'm thinking about settling down. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to meet my match, whatever, like vague, ambiguous things. Like, what does that mean? You say, well, what does that look like? I found that an intentional guy is going to be like, well, yeah, I'm looking for someone who challenges me and, you know, uh, understands my goals. And like, cool, that's a nice, doesn't have to be poetry, but that's a good answer versus someone who's like, 
well, what does that look like? And the guy's like, found it oh, yet. Oh, oh boy, uh, drink please, a uh, waiter. Like they get all, and it likely shows that they either haven't thought about it, right. which is something to consider, doesn't make them a bad person, or they're being a bit disingenuous. But either way, you've got some pretty decent insight with just like two quick questions. As long as you ask them casually and you know, you're not like shining a light in their face and interrogating them, I just, that is exposing their why or roundabout what they're looking for, what they're doing. And, and then from the girl's perspective, then they have an idea if they're on a date with somebody that's open to a real relationship or somebody that's yeah. checking the box and like goes on the app. That's and, the whole point. And thought that they were a hottie. And I think it's fine. Like my content is like, yo, if you want friends with benefits, you just want something casual. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. But at least now both voice it. So there's no ambiguity about it. If you want something serious, voice it. Hope that they voice the same thing. Like, I don't think there's any other shame in voicing it, getting the answer you don't want and then be like, sorry, we can't do this. I mean, it's like business. It's like if you in the room with someone and they don't have a product that you could buy or sell or whatever it is, it's like there's no shame in being like, oh, OK, well, maybe next time, whatever. And moving on with your life. But when we don't ask those questions, one, we end up three months into this thing, still unsure what's going on. Uh, and it's just weird to me. It's weird. It's like in every area of life other than dating, I think everyone agrees that speaking your mind and going for what you want is admirable body house success networking whatever it's like cool like right on like she went for it she, like she went and asked for that promotion cool like that's dope that's great but then for some reason when it comes to dating we're like all of a sudden ashamed of what we want it's weird yeah but, because I, but it's I get back it. I to female it. conditioning right yeah. and the girl is like supposed to be like i'm yes. not gonna text them first and like yeah and all these him. rules yeah. Yeah, i think that's there's insane. so many yeah. i think that i think that it's but it's it's hard to throw it's it's hard to throw that that story that's been like ingrained in our minds away. Like I yep. remember d- dating on the apps was one of the most frustrating things because I am a communicator and I'm open Master. book and like, and I would sit down. I mean, I would kind of sit down like it was a first meeting in the media world, you know, like it kind of felt like a job. I'm like, go around what do you like? Yeah, or? like it's a nice breaker. <laughs> but I think what's interesting is like the worst part, the part for me that was the worst was the game playing and like the not being on the same page or not being able to have those conversations without like being scared that like, if, if someone wants to see you again, they're going to make time to see you again, right? Or like yeah. if someone wants to be with you, it's just, I think it's it's really hard, I think, for people to get past or to break because not both sides are, not not everyone's on the same page, obviously. I actually think it comes down to a lot of self-respect. It's and, all self-respect, right? 100% and, agree. And knowing that you are worth it and that if you somebody's going to be spending time with you, they are required to be clear. Yeah. They have to treat you like a human. This and, is not... This, you know, they don't get to just be like hot man goes out with cute girl. She thinks they're precious. Like we are not in that place. We're in a place where people should, I don't believe we should, people can step into their power and know exactly what they're worth. And let's say the the bad thing happens, which is the woman's fear that the guy is going to be like, oh my gosh, calm down. Like, I don't want anything to do with this. You're over eager. Fantastic. You got the most clear answer in the world that this guy is not for you. So it's a win-win. And I know we're speaking very idealistically here and, you know, no one takes rejection. Well, no one wants to be rejected. It could be devastating. So I get that. I get truly why there's an aversion to it. But like, ultimately, if you back up and you think about it, it's, it's a win-win. You either get the answer you want, which is they're on the same page or close to it or somewhere around it, or they have a freak out and they think you're psycho and amazing. <laughs> why would you ever want to be, be with, with someone? Yeah. Psycho, party of one. Literally. 
All right, yeah, you mentioned it. bread coming. Bread coming. Whoa. Wow. <laughs> bread coming. That's, yeah. That's a, that's a topic. She's going to do a little bit of bread coming. It's a bonus episode. Bread, bread coming. Yeah. If you guys do stay tuned to Well Behaved After Dark, we'll be oh, talking about we'll bread be launching coming. launching OnlyFans. Yeah. Put it on your yeah. Patreon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Uh, okay, yeah. wow. We're, we love our own jokes. Bread crumbing. What is it and how do we avoid it? I mean, I, I think we've all realized what it is at this point, especially with social media. It's someone who ultimately displayed to you either with words or actions that they're not interested in more, but they're doing the very human thing of keeping you in their life for some reason, for some reason, uh, you know, little check-ins here and there, comments on Instagram here and there, whatever. They want access to you and your resources in some way. I actually just recorded an episode today kind of on the idea, similar idea of like, why do people who rejected you in some way, whether that's they're like, I'm not ready, we're not on the same page, whatever. Why do those people hang out in your life? And then the verb would be they bread crumb uh, with an R. Uh, and, Back to verbs. <laughs> We're coming full circle here. And I was like, why did those people do it? And I tried to think really critically about that today because the easy answer is, oh, they're bored, they're lonely, whatever. I think there's a more insidious answer. Um, not insidious, just it kind of gives you, should amp you up a little bit. It's like those people want access to what you can give them. Like they don't, you might think, oh, they miss me. Oh, that's sweet. Maybe we can make this work. They miss me. They miss the whole package. When reality is they miss certain things that you give them. Attention, sex, attention, sex, what probably those two. And they want those things from you. Because you're a kind, empathetic person. Previously, maybe you, you know, you were selfless and you were willing to put up with their bullshit. They want access to those little things. And I think a lot of times when it comes to breadcrumbing, we delude ourselves into thinking, oh, they want me. They want everything that comes with it. But previously, obviously, we have behavior that indicated otherwise. And the breadcrumbing is their attempt to have access to the little things that you bring to the table without the commitment of, of the whole. So that's what they're, you know, likely trying to get away with. And, you know, it's easy to be like, me versus them, you know, create this like villain type thing. I, you know, someone who breadcrumbs isn't necessarily a bad person. They're just trying to have their fun and do their thing. Um, so I'm like not a big proponent of being like, you know, those people are bad. Like they're bad people. They might be, they might not be. It doesn't really matter. But ultimately, you know that they didn't choose you in the first place. You've moved on with your life and they can't pick and choose what they want. If they want the access to the little things, your kindness, your sense of humor, sex, whatever it is, they need the commitment of the whole and we need to come back to that. I want to dive into a few mindsets, moments, things that like are said all the time. And I want your like gut reaction on what we say. It's going to be like spitfire, you know, whatever it is. Um, I think this is the worst question ever in the world. I'm, it's not about me, but I'm going to say this. I get asked when I was single. I got asked this all the time. Why are you yeah. still single? Yeah. What are it's, your thoughts? I don't understand Go. why people ask that. It's, it's like outrageous. What do people like, expect where's, the where's answer the self-awareness? to be? Yeah. Right? Like, why are you still single? Because I, su- like, yeah, like, I, yeah. I smell bad. Like, yeah. I don't know. Like, what, yeah, do you, you, like <laughs> what do you think the answer is going to be? But yeah. what are your, like, what are your thoughts on my, that? Sentence? My qu- very quick thoughts on that, because I wrote a book called Singles or Superpower. So I'm bought fully into the power of being single. The answer to that question is it doesn't matter. You're single because you're single. And that's the end of the story. You just haven't found that person yet. That's literally what it is. But I think the the real answer, the real way that we need to think about a question like that, that is how do we not spiral out of control when we hear a question like that? Because it sucks, especially parents, friends, whatever. It, it really can beat you up. The answer is um, realizing on a linear line, what does single mean in your in your life? I do this weird habit thing where I ask older generations what they regret in life. It's like my little thing. I 
store all the data and, and I use it to inform my perspective, asking older generations, what do you, what do you, what do you, what do you, what do you regret? And I've heard every answer under the sun. I've never heard someone say, I regret being single. I've never heard it. I've never, ever heard it. I've heard every answer. I've heard every variation of, I regret staying in a relationship. I regret being in a toxic relationship. I regret jumping into a relationship with the wrong person. I've heard every variation. I've never heard someone say, I regret being single. Well, we want you to come back and we want to just keep talking forever and we want to drink tequila, but what we really want to know, well, we know where to find you, but how can all of our friends find you? There's music, podcast, where can they go? Yeah, I'd love to come back. I got more to say. Uh, we know you do. Yeah, I got I just so many little sound you bits. You got to do a few more bits here. Yeah. You got right? so many bits. Yeah, yeah bit, so I got bits. bits. Yeah, you yeah. got bits. You got bits on little, bits. Yeah. Okay, where can they find it's you? The go. Uh, it's the easiest. Instagram is kind of the, the hub of everything. Case.Kenny. Podcast is called New Mindset Who Dis. Journals, uh, books, uh, newmindsethudis.com. Uh, the music is all on the podcast as well, but I host a separate radio show called Zen Disco. If you just want music and vibes, uh, that's there too. Zen Disco. Wow. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. I'm well, into that. Yeah. Thank you for sharing your wisdom, dude bro guy. We're, <laughs> yeah, we're, dude bro uh, guy. You are self-appointed title. Yeah. Yeah. You are an involved man and we oh, love that. Thank and, you. and I really want to encourage people to think about the why. For sure. And the Solve journal. a lot of your problems. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Thank you. That's fun. More to come. Cool. Friends, this has been fun. Thanks for spending some quality time with us. If you need more of us in your life, we totally get it. Follow us on Instagram at wellbehavedpodcast. Also, we aren't selfish. Tell us what you need and want to learn more about by sending us a note at wellbehavedpodcast at gmail.com or slide into our DMs. We prefer that anyway. Until next time, stay well and somewhat behaved.